With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Beyond the Fairways. With PGA Tour professional Jay Delsing and hosted by four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. Now, it's Beyond the Fairways. Welcome into Beyond the Fairways. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That's Jay Delsing. And as always on this podcast, we provide you with big-name guests. And on this edition of Beyond the Fairways, we visit with World Golf Hall of Famer, the great Lee Trevino. At 82 years old, he's still as sharp as ever. And Trevino won six majors, 29 tournaments in a short time on tour. Also, on Beyond the Fairways, we'll have our tip segment. We'll talk about putting and how to improve your putting game early in the season here in March. The innovations in golf segment will focus on the Live Tour. Is there an aspect of LIV that we as golf fans should maybe look at that can enhance what we're seeing on the PGA Tour? And finally, the tour makes a stop at the Valspar Championship in Palm Harbor, Florida, and we'll break down that with our picks of the week. But first and foremost, it's always great to see you, Jay Bird. How's it going? I'm great, Danny Mac. It's great to be with you. Lee Trevino, what comes to mind when you think about a guy that you had the chance to go head-to-head with on the PGA Tour? Oh, my gosh. First of all, thrill. You know, I I, I remember as a 20, what was I, 22 or 23, walking around going, man, I just played with Tom Watson. Man, I just played with Lee Trevino. It's just really super cool. Um, he was legendary as, uh, first of all, talks the whole time while you're playing. I love it. While he's playing, while he's <laughs> playing. It's like, it's not exactly trash talk, but you know, he does it to really relax himself. And he gets, he just gets out there. I think at one point in time, I think Dave Hill was saw that he got paired with him and they were on the first tee and they said, uh, Dave said, hey, Lee, I don't feel like talking today. And Lee said, that's perfect, because all you got to do is listen. <laughs> that sums him up, doesn't he it? He does. He's like, I don't care if you're, I don't care if you say anything back. I just want you to listen to me. So I got a bone to pick with you, because you and I have talked about this before, and I said, okay, do pro guys bet? Yeah. And 
I, I guess I need to put an asterisk by this because there is some fun that goes on and guys get in each other's pockets. It's not actually during the event, but a practice round. Oh, yeah. Or getting together just to have a little weekend fun, something like that, whatever. In the off season, which is as short as it can be now in golf, there really is no off season. But uh, you did a little bit of that with uh, Lee Trevino, didn't you? Well, we, <laughs> we tried to. Uh, we, my, my friend Brad Fable and I were rookies on the PGA Tour playing at the Byron Nelson down in Dallas, and we – uh, we walk off the 16th green. You have to walk under a tunnel and get to the 17th tee. And, and you're a young guy. Yeah, 20. I know Brad's older than I am, but I'm 23 at the oldest. Okay. And we walk up there, you know, green as green could be. And I see on the tee waiting to hit is Jim Thorpe and Lee Trevino. And it was widely known that those were two of the biggest gamblers and two of the guys you really don't want to mess with either because those guys can street brawl. You know, they're ballers, too. Yes. They know how to get old it done. Old school. Old school, yeah. And getting in your kitchen, anything they could do, it, it was on. So we kind of laid back and just out of respect for them. And, you know, they don't want a bunch of rookies hanging around, we didn't think. And they wave us up. Lee kind of goes, you know, come on over, boys. And so we kind of plod over there. And he's like, I introduced myself. And I had known Jim before because I'd, I'd met his brother through a St. Louis event when I was an amateur. And... um and Lee says, all right, here, I'll tell you what we're going to do, boys. And we're standing on the par three. It's a little bit downhill, Denny. Lake on the right. And Lee says, this was at the old Las Colinas uh, Sports Club. And then it turned out to be the TPC there. And Lee says, here's what we're going to do. I'll bet you all $100 that I can hit my sandwich on the green from here. Wait, 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 wait. 100, 100 bucks. Okay. 100 bucks. Not a big deal. Nope. All right. But 178 with a sandwich. With a sandwich. Now, you got to remember, we didn't, have 60, with a sandwich. we didn't have 60 degree sandwiches yet, Danny. This was just some sort of out of the closet, you know. And I don't care what kind of wedge. It's a sandwich, yeah. or if it's a pitching wedge, 178. And Lee's not a big hitter, right? You know, he's not. He's not, but he's got game. We all, and I said, great to, ball striker. And I, right. And I said to Brad, I said, Brad, you got any money? Because I said, I know he can do this, and I'm glad. To pay, but I but I said I only got like fifty seven dollars on me, and Brad goes I got fourteen, <laughs> so I turned to Lee and I said we'll give you seventy one. <laughs> he was pissed. Oh, he was pissed. He's like what seventy one? What seventy one? What? I said we don't have a hundred dollars. And he, he gave goes, you trouble probably. Yeah. Okay. What there was a few things that were said, <laughs> and they started with, uh, they ended in a CK, and we were, yeah, we were, we were, we we took it, we were fine. He said a few things, and I said, Mister Trino, and he said, quit calling me that, and I said, Lee, I know you can do it. I'm glad, but I don't have a hundred dollars. I'll give you the other, and he's like. You so you know I'm not doing it if you don't have a hundred dollars, and so he never did it. So he never did it. No, he never did it. But I know he could have done it. I with, just with a wedge though from one seventy eight. I would have just scolded, but I don't know how he, Danny. This guy was legendary with his ball striking. No question Legend, about it. And legendary with the work ethic. This guy hit balls and hit balls and hit balls and and it was impressive. His ball, it was like he was. His ball was on remote control. In he terms, was that good. well, you, you know, you think about the betting and getting into guys' pockets, and the, there is pressure with that. I mean, there's, yeah, the money's one thing, but it's the bragging rights and the things of that nature. And it leads me to think about Ryder Cup play. Yep. When you're representing your country and the pressure that is on that, 
I don't think people put enough uh, emphasis on just how good he was in international competition in the Ryder Cup. He was awesome. Oh, yeah. He whipped everybody's ass. He was like 17-6-1, and one, and he just – Danny, he just didn't, didn't lose. I yeah. mean, the guy is a fierce competitor. He's won six majors, 29 tournaments in only 13 years. You know, he got struck – hell, he got struck by lightning. That's one of the things I want to talk to him yeah. about is ask him how he bounced back from uh, that. Yeah, incredible. I mean, you think about that. How does that not kill you? It's unbelievable. Yeah, so – and and that also tells you about what the tour was like back in the day, but because we didn't – I can remember playing in the U.S. Open at Hazeltine up in, in Minneapolis, and Danny – we didn't have any of these advanced weather systems. And I am walking down the 10th fairway and I'm playing with Bobby Watkins and Dave Rummels. And the weather is so bad. And I said, guys, there's a rule, probably a little known rule. If you feel in danger or you feel, you know, that there's something that can threaten your life, you're allowed to walk off the golf course. And I said, guys, this is no good. I've grown up in the Midwest. This is no good. Skies are low. I'm going in. And the guys were like, we're going in too. So we had a walking score with us, and we, we, we said to this gentleman, I said, sir, please tell the you, – you know, I think it was Mike Davis. Please tell Mike Davis, we're not out here anymore. This is no good. Danny, literally within 20 minutes, you can look this up, seven people were struck by lightning and killed on the 11th tee. Wow. That's right where we were headed. That's incredible. And, and, and that changed everything. Everything. I bet. That changed everything. Now there's these Thor guards, which, you know, a lot of the, especially in the med, Midwest, when the summertime we get these pop-up thunderstorms, and they're dangerous. And, you know, you, you, you think about Lee Trevino, Hall of Fame guy, gets his career literally shortened by God knows how much because he gets struck by lightning. What do you want to talk about with Lee Trevino that you don't know is we'll get him on our, our podcast here momentarily? I, I just want to know the early days. You know, Spanish-American guy, Mexican-American guy. I just want to know how difficult was it for him. And, and I also, I know somewhere along the line, Danny, he's going to talk about the crazy, crazy amount of balls that he hit because he was a machine. I mean, that's what he did. That's how you become a great ball striker. He just he wore it out. I mean, I can remember him showing me his hands. And I mean, you think, think of, think about your old baseball glove and think about leaving it outside in your backyard for a month or two in the summertime. It gets hot. It gets nasty. Then it rains on it. Danny, his hands were, they were baked on calluses. Coming up, it is our player profile with Lee Trevino. By the way, this is Beyond the Fairways with an S. Download our podcast wherever you may get it. Uh, download it beyond the fairways lee trevino coming up this is beyond the fairways it's time for the beyond the fairways player profile let's get back to jay and dan what a pleasure it is to bring in the great golf hall of famer lee trevino and lee thanks for joining us we appreciate your time so much no problem how you guys doing man we've been down here in an ice storm so i'm kind of uh, my daughter's birthday today so um, I'll be talking fast. I'll be talking real fast today. <laughs> Do you ever not talk fast, though? You always are yeah, talking every fast. Once, every, every once in a while, you know, when the, when the priest used to make me say the Hail Marys, and, and uh, <laughs> I, could, I couldn't remember all the words, so I'd go real slow. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> understood. Understood. 
Oh my gosh, Lee, I I sit there and think about your career and a fantastic career. But one one thing that comes to mind, Lee, and I want you to talk about this just a little bit, please. You you really did accomplish what you accomplished in a short period of time, maybe 13 years or so on tour. Tell us a little yeah, bit about yeah. that. Well, you know, a lot of people ask me all the time. They always say, you know, they, they think that I had a, a a long career, but I did not. I, I played 13 years, and then I hurt my back. I got hit by lightning, as you well know, in 75. And then I was out for another year, so I really didn't even play 13 years. And then I uh, I, I, I didn't have anything to, to do, so I had no options. I had to get my body back in shape and, and get back out there, but... Yeah, 13 years was it. Uh, I won six majors, 29 tournaments in those 13 years. That, you know, that, that all that means is that I hit a hell of a lot of practice balls. You <laughs> well, know what I'm saying? You know, you jumped right into one of the questions we're going to get into, and that is getting struck by lightning at the Western Open. I- I'm so curious. I mean, how were you able to bounce back from that? What was that life experience like for Lee Trevino? Well, you know, it kind of set me back a little bit. Nobody really knew too much about, uh, you know, lightning. And uh, it kind of entered. I was with Jerry Hurd, which I thought was one of the Finest players I'd ever been up against, uh, and he never played again. I mean, this guy would have would have set some records. He would have won some majors. I mean, it's not much telling what he could have done. And I was with Mike Fetchick, which was a a big uh, club pro out of New York, but he was a, a tremendous player. He had done he had uh, played on the senior tour and and done whatever he had to do. But the three of us were the I think it was a par three, twelve or thirteen there at Butler. And at that time, they didn't have the the sirens and the warnings and all that stuff about uh, you know about lightning and uh, in the air. So we we just they called the tournament because it was cloudy, and it was fixing to rain. So we stayed there on the 13th hole. And I guess the lightning bolt, what we figured it it hit the lake and the rays bounced. In other words, sideways and caught me, Bobby Nichols, Arnold Palmer's golf club. Uh, Mike Fetchick, believe it or not, didn't didn't have any problems, but uh, it ruptured my back and it ruptured uh, Jerry Hurd's back, and uh, he's never come back from it. You know, I, I talked uh, I talked to him not too long ago, about a year ago. He's down at Fiddlesticks in Florida. You know, I I, I had a unique way of playing, as you well know. I, I played golf differently from everybody else. For some reason, you know, I learned to, to hold on to the club and keep the club face square to target longer than anybody else. And I wouldn't have been able to participate today. The courses are too long. They're all, the, the greens are hidden in front. You have to go in the air. You know, I could bump and run. If, if I would have been playing in the Open Championship in Great Britain from the time I was 20, I probably would have won that tournament 10 times. You know, because that's the way I played. I bump and run. I hit it. I hit a little cut. Can't get in much trouble. So it didn't really make any difference to me what course I played. I didn't have to look at it. If it had a tee, a fairway, and a green, I, you got me, baby. I'm ready for you. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Lee. I, I, I can remember just getting on tour in 1985, but you kind of came out of the booth to win a major down at Shoal Creek, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I came out of the booth. Uh, I hadn't played in uh, in three years. Uh, you know, I dabbled a little bit, but I didn't play. I'd won the PGA uh, in, in 74 at Tanglewood, so I was uh, exempt to play in that one. So I came out of the booth uh-huh, uh, and ran into a golf course that was extremely hard. Uh, the rough was absolutely unbelievable there. No one could get out of that rough uh, there at Shoal Creek. I, I liked the layout, and it was kind of flat, as you well you remember. There was not much undulation in there. Plus, my wife had bought me a putter in Holland. 
and it, it was a ping A blade, which I had never putted with a ping. And I kept and I kept shooting sixty fours with it. And I said, Man, this way you know, I always put it with a blade. I said, I didn't know it was this easy to make a putt. <laughs> you got any more of those, Lee? I could use one no, of those. I, right? Hey, I had the guy you know, you know that uh that uh, Carson made me two of them. He put a line on one of them and he didn't on the other one. And uh and they made them for me. Uh he made me one, but I bought the other one. It didn't have a line on it. And I still have both of them. Yeah, I still have them both. And usually I don't keep golf clubs. I give them away. You know what I do with all my old clubs? Believe it or not, I don't sell them. I don't do anything. I I, I take them to my pro at Preston Trails, and I'll have them all bundled up. And I says, can you take these and give them to the first tee, but don't tell them where they came from? He said, we'll take care of it. I love that. that is <laughs> and that's terrific. what I do with the clubs, yeah. I don't, I don't want them to know they're mine, no. Uh Hey, Lee, hold on just for a moment. While we have this moment, I want to tell you about Athletic Greens. As you all know, great athletes have one thing in common, and that's the fact that they take care of their bodies. So we all want to take care of our bodies. Huge part of that is optimizing whole body health, and it starts with AG1. I take it, my family takes it, and that's how we start our days in the mornings. 75 high-quality ingredients that give me and my family key daily nutrients and long-term gut health support. Another aspect that I love of AG1, and I mean I love it, it costs just $3 a day. Let me say that again. AG1 is just $3 a day. So I take ownership of my health with a simple daily habit when I start my day in the mornings with AG1. AG1. It truly has helped my body. I take it every day, every morning. The results have been amazing. I'm talking about better gut health, better and sustained energy, immune system support. I was sick of taking pills. And with AG1, I get supplements that actually taste great. Well, it's all about my key health products in just one with AG1. It's comprehensive health and the power of of habit in one. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. What a deal. It is a great deal. Athleticgreens.com slash BTF. That's athleticgreens.com slash BTF for Beyond the Fairways. Hey, Lee, how come you don't like going into locker rooms? I'm curious about that. Well, I thought I think it's a waste of time. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, okay. I, I, I spent, listen, listen, when I started the tour, I would go and play and I'd go two and a half, three hours early. I'd hit balls for three hours. Then I'd go play the, the tournament. I, when I finish, and, and, and Dale will tell you this, Jay, Jay, Jay will tell you this, and then when I finished, I would go to the driving range and I'd hit balls till dark. Then I would drive my car to a fast food place. I'd get a milkshake, two hamburgers, and some French fries. And then I would look for a driving range. And then I would hit balls till 9 or 10 o'clock at night. And I did this all the time. Besides that, I ran three miles at the track every day. I'm, I'm suffering from it now because I've got bone on bone on my knees. But uh, this, is, this is what I did. I don't like to do anything that wastes time. I, I, when the sun's out, golf ball's meant to be hit. People call me up, these young, these young guys, these young guys call me up and they say, you know, hey, how you doing? I said, fine. I said, how you doing in the tournament? He said, well, he said, you know, I'm home now. And he says, I'm just getting, I'm working on it a little bit. And I said, well, what time is it there? He said, 11. And you're still home? Yeah. We ain't going to make it, baby. Nope. 
you ain't gonna make it if you're home at eleven o'clock. You you should have done hit you should have done hit five hundred balls by eleven o'clock. You understand whether they're chip, you kick them, you throw them, whatever, whatever you do. If you if you want to make it in golf, you have got to put the time in, and you got to think it, you got to eat it, you got to sleep it, and and, and that's that's now saying all that. I, I, the exception of, of of my wife, I haven't had a hell of a a, a, a great time. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. You know, I haven't been anywhere. Yeah. I want to talk to you a little bit about 1971. Some of the years, I mean, you won the Varden five times. And to do that on the PGA Tour, people have no idea how hard it is to do one time. To do five times, but then to win what you did in 71 where you won the U.S. Open and beat Nicholas in a playoff. Then you went and won the Canadian Open, a tournament Jack never won. And then a week later, you had perhaps the greatest 20-day streak of golf in the history of the game. Yeah, I had uh, I, I had a, a great putting streak there. You, you know, you, you played this game at a high level, and all of a sudden you grab a putter, you grab a stroke, and then you start making everything. Unfortunately, you can't remember what the hell you're doing. And so you can't. You you can't uh, do it again next week and the week after, but I I for some reason I I had a hell of a three weeks of ball striking, not not much more than what I generally do, but the three golf courses fell right into line. Burkdale I knew about, I had played it before, uh, in 1969 I had played it. I did not know Richelieu, but it wasn't that difficult of a golf course. It was well treed and all that. I like that. I like that because. I play Royal Oaks here in Dallas, and it's tree-lined also. That's what I – Tennyson Park East, that's where I learned to play, real tree-lined. You know, the limbs reach over the fairways. I mean, they're not even as wide as they look. And then Marion, I just absolutely fell in love with it. How couldn't you fall in love with it? It wasn't a monstrous golf course. Uh, it, it, it made it, – it had a few turns, but it had, a, it had quite a few dog legs to the right, Marion did. And uh, I like that, you know, I, I, I like that in a major championship when you give me a few holes that go to the right, number one went to the right. You remember you had to, you had to drive it down the right side number. Yeah. And, and, uh, and 18 had the big three on the right. You had to cut it off that tee. Yeah. I, I like that. So, but the putter was what was hot. It, it, it was so hot. Jay, it was so hot that I didn't even line them up half the time. <laughs> In other words, I just walked up and hit them. I wow. mean, if you remember, if you remember when I won the playoff, Mr. Lou, I had a four footer for a birdie to win the tournament and the camera missed it. Right. The, the camera, the camera missed it because Mr. Lou was celebrating with his little hat on his head and the camera was over there. And by the time they came back to the green, hell, I'd put my ball down and hit it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even line it up. I have always wanted to ask you this question because in doing some research and reading an article many, many years ago about your cameo in Happy Gilmore, that you yeah. actually you actually kind of didn't like it. Is is I've always wanted to ask you, is that true? Well, I, I, I you know, I, I've never seen it from I've never seen it from, really uh, uh you know, all the way through. But I wasn't used to all the bad language. And and I'm I kind of been a, a protector of bad language around ladies and around kids, and um, it, it kind of disturbed me a little. Bit. Now today, no, no problem. I could do a movie now. <laughs> Hell, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But the, those words are used so much now that nobody would laugh. You know what I'm saying? I sure. mean, but back then that was a kind of a different thing, and I, I, I it, it kind of bothered me a little bit. 
you know, I, it, it really did. Yeah. Lee, we're we're on a, a much more national level, but Danny and I are located here in St. Louis. And I know, in, yeah. and you won the St. Louis Open, I think, in 1971. And then you got to come back for the Ascension Charity Classic last year. That oh, I was loved it. such a thrill for golf fans here yeah. to have you come back and and at the place, you know, where where you won the St. Louis Open. Well, and I wanted to say one thing. I didn't recognize the golf course much, but I'll tell you this. I don't know when they redid the golf course, but but my hat's off to the membership and the architect and the people that were behind it because they did a hell of a job. It is wonderful. I really enjoyed coming back and playing. The clubhouse is immaculate, and um, it was uh, the members are lucky to have it. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, absolutely. What is it like being? Lee Trevino, because when people talk about great characters in sports, you're one of the great characters, not only in golf, but you're legendary in across all walks of life. So when you're walking down the street, you're in an airport, whatever the case may be, what is it yeah. like being Lee Trevino? Well, you, 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 the first thing that you do when you leave the house is you say to yourself, be nice. Be nice and say hello to everybody because people are going to come and get you. And, and you, can, you can have a fork almost up to your mouth. And a guy will grab your elbow and says, I, how you doing? Nice to see you because I, I'm approachable. They wouldn't have done that to Hogan because Hogan would have hit him with a wedge. You, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but, but they know that I'm approachable. I expect it. My wife told me once, she says, when you quit doing it, you might as well stay home. I said, you know, you're right when they quit doing it. I said, you're exactly right. And I told her, I said, you know, I tell this story. I said, you know something? I said, the pandemic was the greatest thing that ever happened to me. And they said, why? I said, I put a hat on without a logo. I put a mask on and I put sunglasses on and I could go anywhere I wanted to go without anybody bothered me. And I told him, I said, I went to the grocery store and I'm walking around the grocery store and a guy comes up behind me and he said, I know who you are. He said, I know I recognize you. He said, I know who you are. He said, I heard you talking. And I said, oh, Lord, how are you, sir? He said, fine. He said, listen, he said, I need a golf lesson. I said, a golf lesson? <laughs> he said, he said, I said, yes, this is the truth. And I said, you would need a golf lesson, huh? I said, yeah. Why would you want a golf lesson from me? I said, listen, I'm half blind. I can't hear very well. I'm 82 years old. I've got the yips. I'm hitting the ball. I said, and I'm hitting the ball so short that you can hear it land. And I said, if you tested my swing speed, you couldn't get a ticket in a school zone. I said, I said, so, I said so when do you want to start this lesson? <laughs> this is what I told him. Yeah. So what was his reaction when you said all that? He laughed. Yeah. He laughed. He, I said, he, I said, I said, no, I said, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. He said, okay, okay. <laughs> hey, Isn't that crazy? That is awesome. That is awesome. Lee, take us back a little bit to the some of the hurdles of playing the tour as a Mexican-American. As, you know, Tiger gets a lot of credit for, for blowing the game up like he did. But, man, the Curtis versus the Charlie, you know, these guys, the Lee Elders, the Lee Trevinos, you guys back in the day – Man, I, I can only imagine what it, what it was like, and it couldn't have been easy. No, you know what? We, we didn't have – I never had any problem whatsoever. I was never discriminated on. The problem that I had mostly was with the media trying to get me, trying to get me to say something because at the time the PJ had just 
done away with the uh, with, with with that article in 1963, uh, the Caucasian article uh, about uh, you know about uh, uh, playing. But I never had that problem, Jay. Not at all. Hey, we have breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the Beard New Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and use the promo code BTF and you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Again, that's manscaped.com. BTF is the code, and that's for Beyond the Fairways, 20% off and free shipping. So say goodbye to all your stubble trouble with Manscaped Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger, and this thing is absolutely a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this is a cordless trimmer rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting links it's waterproof so you can shave in the shower titanium coated t-blade tough on hair but smooth on your face the pro kit doesn't end there they have created four dermatologist tested formulations for your post trim care beard shampoo and conditioner beard oil beard balm it is all there the pro beard kit also comes with three free gifts a beard brush, comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. We have heard from so many people that have taken care of themselves with this offer. 20% off, free shipping, the code BTF for Beyond the Fairways at Manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the promo code BTF. Manscaped, beard hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 links. You know what, Lee, we're going to wrap it up with this. What are you most proud of as you reflect back on your career? Oh, my God. Yeah, the, the, winning the, the Open from Jack, uh, the playoff. That's what made me. That's when I arrived. Yeah, 1971. I think about it all the time. That that same Jack Nicholas finished second to you four times. And I know yeah. you know that. And I know he knows <laughs> that, more importantly. And he never finished second to me. <laughs> there you yeah. go. I, I, I never finished second to him, yeah. Hey, Lee, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure to visit with you. Thank and, you very uh, much. God bless you, I appreciate you, it. Thanks for doing God this. God bless you. It's the breakdown. There it is. A win for the ages. That is better than most. The return to glory on Beyond the Fairways. Man, we have had some great guests so far. David Faraday, Tom Watson in weeks one and two, and now Lee Trevino. It's hard to believe he's in his early 80s, Jay, and, and is, is excitable about the game of golf and doing interviews and wanting to talk about the game of golf as he is. Oh, my gosh. He that is, was great. It's, oh, it's so fun. And we could have talked to him for hours and just getting engaged in in some of the stuff that he did. And that, that How about that that 20-day stretch of golf? Maybe the best golf that's ever been played. Is there been better? Can you think of a stretch that's been better? I, I guess there's got to be a time in which Tiger was rolling through and he won multiple events in a row, like four, five, or six, whatever that was. But you're talking about two majors, though, for Lee Trevino. Exactly, Denny. And what Tiger never or very, very seldom ever did was play three events in a row. This guy, I mean, you know, back in the day, you played. That's how you made your money. You, you know, once he started, you know, getting some acclaim and and and, and some notoriety, he, he probably was doing well off the golf course. But back in the day, I mean, there wasn't this 
these these endorsement deals and things like that. The one-liners. I, I think about that with Lee Trevino, that he's so quick on his feet. And yes, he's been interviewed many, many times. But his one-liners, and it brings in, to me, the casual fan in golf. When you hear one of the biggest names the sport has ever produced, and this guy is coming out and talking like he does... That's what makes golf fun for me, to hear the personality behind the player. And obviously, Lee Trevino has a ton of personality. Oh, my gosh. One of the true characters. And yes. I mean, you mentioned it in there. And, you know, he, he um, one of the things that was cool, it was the last PNC father and son. And he went and got together with Charlie Woods and Tiger, and they were, they were hitting balls and they were talking. And I can guarantee you, there's not a whole lot of people in this that are still alive that will get TW's ear. How about the fact that he does not go into a clubhouse? Did you find that funny? <laughs> yeah. And I also found his answer about Happy Gilmore pretty cool, too. I did. I did. And I did not know that about the Happy yeah. Gilmore thing. And I remember seeing him succinctly, but I did not realize he, he didn't. And, and I appreciate where he's coming from. Obviously a different world. He said, nowadays, let a, let a rip. You know, he didn't, he, he didn't seem to have a problem. Download our podcast. It's called Beyond the Fairways. And again, our first three guests have been David Faraday, and that was in week number one. Tom Watson just a week ago, and today, the great Lee Trevino. Coming up, we'll talk about putting, how to improve your game, and that's next. Have you ever wanted tips from a PGA pro? It's the tips segment on Beyond the Fairways with PGA professional Jay Delsing and four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster, Dan McLaughlin. Tip segment. It's great with Jay Delsing, who played in over 700 PGA events. I'm Dan McLaughlin because, you know what, Jay is able to explain this wherever you're taking in beyond the fairways over the air. And even though you may not have the visual aspect of seeing what he's talking about, he's able to describe it very, very well. And we have heard from so many people. Uh, you can email Jay at jdelsinggolf.com and write in some questions for us. But a lot of people have been asking about, in our podcast, in our initial weeks here, about putting because they're just getting the clubs out of the garage or out of the basement. We talked about it the other day, stretching various things you do to get ready for a season. But putting, trying to get back your touch, so that's not an easy thing to do when you first start playing again as you prepare for the summer months. No, Danny, it's, it's a great point, and it's one of the things that does take some sort of cultivating. I mean, you got to get a putter in your hand, and it doesn't really help. You can work on the technique parts of your stroke, and we can talk a little bit about that, but you got to get out on the green. And one of the first things that I was taught, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but the first point of contact on the green is your feet. And guys like Lee Trevino and, and Andy North had a huge impact on my career. And he would say, he would say to me, Delf, you've got to feel this with your feet. And I, and initially I thought, this and is feet. so weird. But, it, but Danny, it's the green. It's the softness of the green. You, the, you're getting information if your brain isn't plugged in you're not plugged in so if they're super soft i mean there's there's things that you're it's interesting and, and as you do this danny over and over and over like we did it just picks up so quickly and you're like man these greens are much firmer this week than they were last week and you'll know by taking three steps onto it and you it's just an, another point and and a uh, uh information that your brain can process so quickly that that can really really help 
One of the things that amateurs struggle with all the time is when they venture away from their home golf courses, Danny. They're like, oh, yeah, because they know their greens so well, you know. They consider this themselves good putters. Then they go over to the, the place across the street, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I had five three-putts, and I couldn't, I couldn't figure things out. They, these are, there's a couple of things that are consistent with that good putters do. And first and foremost, from the waist down, nothing moves. And you don't want to believe me, YouTube any of this stuff. Watch the great Tiger Woods from the waist down and probably one of the best putters standing in the last, I'll say the best putter in the last 30 years. And I played a lot of golf with Brad Faxon. He's a great putter. Tiger, even better. His lower half from his belt down, Danny, doesn't move. Mm -hmm. And if you watch, guys, I'm going to give you we're going to have an innovation that you can plug into when you're subscribing to our podcast. I am going to refer to this uh, gadget many, many times because it will. Re- I have one. I've even. I know your kids are, are 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 using it, and it will help train your stroke without you having to think about anything. And those are the best kind of drills because if you have to spend too much time, Danny, consciously thinking about oh. Oh, this or oh, that. You've forgotten about making the putt. How about a simple thing of where the position of the hands go? Where is the ball in relation to your feet? That's great. So what we're going to try to do is get our feet square to the line that we want to putt on. Okay? So as we look down, our right foot and our left foot are pretty much um, level toe, toe level wise. Okay? They're even. Right. And so then the ball will go slightly forward in your stance. It'll go more towards your, we'll talk about a right-handed putter, more towards the the front third of your stance, and this is key, your hand position and how it relates to holding the putter where the ball is. And it needs to be at least on, I'm going to say this, at least in the center of the ball, but preferably on the front edge of the ball, the, the, the edge closest to the hole. So you need to have your, you need to have slightly forward shaft lean, Danny. That's crucial because the putters nowadays are designed. Let's say you have a Scotty Cameron, for example. The Scotty Cameron is designed with four degrees of of loft on there, and it is lasered in there. It is exact. You need to have your hands in that position to utilize that loft because that's what, for most strokes, is the effective amount of loft. So, Danny, you you don't want, most people don't know this, there's loft on the putter because you want the ball to get up in the air a little bit and then start tumbling as fast as it can end over end. Huh. Okay. So you want it a little bit up in the air. I've never heard that. Yeah, it, it gets it, it because what um it, it, it just, I've seen it, but I just haven't really heard a yeah. lot of people talk about that's the design of what you're trying to get. Right, Danny. So then imagine if you put your hands back a little bit. Now the four degrees of loft turns to eight. Now what does that ball look like when it gets struck with eight degrees loft? It looks more like a mini wedge. Would that ball get up in the air? And Danny, it does get some backspin. So when it when it hits the ground and makes recontacts the ground, it almost does like a little check. And that if it has a little side spin on it, it's offline immediately. Mm-hmm. And that is why it's so important to have your hands on somewhere between the middle half of the ball and probably an inch in front of the ball. And folks, that is mandatory. I want to throw this at you too, and then we'll wrap it up and we'll go to our innovations segment and a closer look at LIV. 
What are the best drills that that players can do? What what? Give me a, a day in the life of Jay Delsing. You're getting ready to play, and you're saying, "Yeah, oh, I, I got to get my golf, my stroke, and my putting going." It, it's not going. What are some good drills that you can do? Work on your speed from thirty and forty feet from the hole. Work on your speed. Do you start there though? You start there. Work on that speed and start getting some feel and start paying attention to how this. Oh, what did that feel like? And then relate it to. Oh, the ball went the right distance. Hold on, I got to interrupt you. Yeah. So now, if I'm 40 feet away, how far am I taking the club back, though, as opposed to if I had a two footer? Right. Well, so you're obviously going to take it back further. I can't give the folks a specific uh, length. It just has to match up with how fast or how slow the greens are. If you're playing on a muni, you're going to have a little more stroke because chances are the greens are going to be a little bit slower. You're playing at one of the top clubs in the area. They're, they're probably going to be faster, so you don't need quite as much. But the next part is crucial. You need to work on a putting clock, and you need to do this drill. You get three balls. If you're really handy at this, you get four balls, and you put them around the hole like a clock, in four different positions from three feet. Let's start with two feet away. Here's the game. You hold all four in a row from two feet, and then you move them out to three feet, and all hold all four in a row, and then you move out to four feet. And when you and like all four of those in a row, when you make all 12 of those putts in a row, the day is over. Danny, here's a reason why this is my favorite drill. couple things. First of all, you get proficient at your short putting, and we all need to get proficient at the short putting, especially amateurs. Danny, the number one way for our listeners to get better at golf is to eliminate three putts, and this drill is that. And you know what else this drill is good for? Concentration. Because guess what, Danny? Just go through this thing and get on putt number 11 and jack that putt, and you got to start over. Yes. I didn't add that. You've got to start over. You go back to four balls around that hole from two feet away and start over. And, folks, this puts pressure on you just like it is when you're playing with your buddies and you want to take 10 bucks from them. That's why this drill's so damn good. That's Jay Delsing. I'm Dan McLaughlin. Coming up, we talk about LIV innovations and what we're seeing with the Live Tour. Can some of that bleed over into the PGA Tour? That's next. The world of golf is ever-evolving. It's time for Equipment and Innovations in Golf on Beyond the Fairways. Innovations portion of our podcast takes us to LIV, the Live Tour. The commissioner, Greg Norman. Commissioner, PGA, Jay Monahan. The headliners for the PGA Tour, a number of them that you know. Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods, and so many others. Phil Mickelson, Cam Smith on the other side. Uh, their slogan for LIV is golf, but louder. Slogan in the PGA Tour, how about live under par? The format, PGA Tour, 72-hole stroke play, and the format, 54-hole stroke play on the other side. They have shotgun starts, LIV, four-man teams in a team format. There's two-man teams like they have at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans in the PGA Tour, and the funding for this well, you got the Saudis on one side, and then you have a billion-dollar television rights deal, weekly title sponsorships on the PGA. Uh, we've talked a lot about this, Jay. There's not a lot of people down the middle on this. You know, you're either on the PGA Tour and you're saying, that's my tour, or you're looking at Liv. I can tell you this. When Liv is on TV and I have a chance to watch Phil Mickelson or Cam Smith or some even a Pat Perez, 
I'm going to watch just because I miss seeing those players. I think one of the things that's really interesting about this is let's say we get five to ten years down the road, and it's still the same situation. Are they going to be able to pluck PGA players by just throwing all this cash at them, or is this a situation where, you know what, the Live Tour, it was a way for these guys to make a bunch of money, and they're going to struggle getting back in the PGA Tour, but that was it. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a good, that's a good point, Danny. I think as, as the game progresses, and again, we could – you know, kiss Tiger Woods' ass for this. But, I mean, as the game progresses, there's more and more money being dumped into the game in general. And the PGA Tour is still the bell cow. Now, the 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 PIF fund from the um, uh, the Saudis, they're never going to run out of money. No. I just don't know, Danny, if they're going to run out of interest. I think they're going to run out of interest before they run out of money. But, honestly, this whole sports washing thing has happened in so many other sports. It's in it's in Formula One. It's exactly. in the EPL. It's like everybody needs to make that that decide for their own conscience what's, what's good and what's bad for them on that. I, I don't want to get in, involved in that. But I, I just – what I can't stand is that – now we got to go all over the place to find where the best players are, and they're not teeing it up necessarily each week playing against each other, and that pisses me off. So innovations in the game. Are you seeing anything right now with LIV that you go, ooh, you know what? I kind of like that because, for instance, you were on the Fox TV broadcast, and they introduced the Tracer on that. All of a sudden, CBS, NBC, what are they doing? Oh, that's a great innovation. We like it. So is there anything in the format or how they're uh, having the pairings, anything television-wise that we see that that uh, all of a sudden you say, that's a good thing. We need to bring it to the PGA Tour. I'll have to wait and see what happens with the TV. I'm yeah. d- I'm. I'm I can't wait to listen to Faraday as a lead analyst. I, I know you are excited as well. So that's going to be fantastic. But they just haven't been around enough. So the CW, it, it's it's a good thing for that tour. L- listen, it was a big get. They didn't get any money out of it, but it's going to be a, a profit-sharing thing where there'll be, you know, who's going to be the first major ad domino to fall? Danny, that's what I'm interested in. Yeah. And and, and and I believe there will be some new things that are, that are going to come out of there that will be positive. But as of right now, I don't have it. I don't know it. But I'll be looking for it. You know, I'm a nerd. I'm in the weeds. I love this stuff. I will say this, and I'd love to get your opinion on this as well. We have never talked more golf. That's the one thing. I know. That's the one thing that I, I look at is that, for instance, I am a huge and maybe somebody listening is not, but I'm a huge Phil Mickelson fan. And he's taken the chance, and he's taken a career that was a Hall of Fame career on the PGA Tour and said, I don't care. I'm going to go play LIV. If he's appearing on my television screen and there's other sports that I could be watching, I can tell you who I'm watching. It's Phil Mickelson. So I, I, I love watching him play. I just think he's one of the great characters that we've had, good and bad. Right. Sometimes he's a villain for some. Other, You know, when I watched him win the PGA at, what, 51? I was glued to my TV. How I, could you not? I mean, come on. That's a record-breaking thing. And the way that he's played the game recklessly at times, and it's cost him major championships. I still enjoy watching him play. Right. So I'm going to tune in because of that. And here we are on a podcast with innovations in the game of golf, and we're talking about LIV. I, we're talking golf, and it's bringing more people in. Tiger moved the needle more than anybody. I think that's easily said. All types of, of generations of people were just glued to their television in 1997 when he won the Masters. And we watched him with the Great Fall. 
and his great comeback and everything that's been around Tiger. He was great for the game. I can't say that this is bad for the game at this point because of the point that you just made. We are talking about the game of golf, and that's a good thing. And every single guest we get on is going to weigh in on that, yes. whether they like it or not. And, you know, Tom Watson said— I thought his point was perfect. I, yep, it, was, it was really good. It's, and, it's more of an exhi- more yes. more of an exhibition. There's no cut, and you know it's hard, Danny, because golf is steeped in tradition. Sometimes I'm more of a traditionalist, especially as I age. But sometimes that tradition just bugs me. You know, it's like, come on, it's okay to listen to some music while you're playing with your buddies. Yes, it's okay to you know y- you can get into every great club across the country in a fourteen dollar pair of Dockers. But if you have a nice pair of jeans on that has a little hole on them that you may have paid three or four hundred dollars for, can't, can't get in. Can't get in. We got it. We we got to We got See, I differ with you. Yeah, yeah. You I, like that? I do. I, I Tom Watson also said last week. He said one of the things in, in, in that I I really struck me. He said, "You know what bothers me today? You know what really bothers me? He, I miss the way that we could dress yeah. and the way we should dress." Right. I kind of like that too. Oh man, but some of that stuff he wore was so bad. It was like checks <laughs> with stripes, but I know, I know. I, I'll never forget my fourth tournament on tour. I got paired with Hale Irwin and Johnny Miller in the last group on a Sunday at Bay Hill. And Johnny had the big wide belt and had the collar popped. And this was 1985, and I'm like, oh, brother. Yes. You know what I mean? But it was was fun. And, 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 again, we're talking about it, and people are interested. I'll wrap it up with this. Do you like the team format, though? I, I think that's something that's kind of interesting that might bleed into the PGA Tour just to give it a little bit more drama, even with the team format. It, it could. It could. There's, there needs to be – it needs to be developed, and, and maybe the Live will develop that. You know, they're looking to try to sell sponsorships and ownerships and things like that. That seems a little far-fetched right now, but who knows, Danny? Let me tell you this. You're a, you're a sportsman like I am. We love all sports, golf we're crazy for but when the nfl and the afl were you know were were two different entities and in the nba and the ab all of these leagues combined everybody was pissed off at one another at one point in time in those those things the nhl and the wha well let's talk about golf lee trevino back in the late 60s and 69 with some of those guys breaking away from what was it the the pga of america right so there is some precedent Maybe not the same here with the kind of money these guys are getting, obviously, but there is a little precedent yep. to what we've seen in the history of golf. No question, and the history of major sports. I mean, there there's always been these this struggle before calmer heads prevail. The PGA Tour, it's making a stop at the Valspar, and we'll talk about that in our Picks of the Week, our betting segment coming up. Where do we find the best golfers in the world this week? <laughs> It's time for the Picks segment on Beyond the Fairways. The PGA Tour will head to the Valspar at Innisbrook Resort, and that's down in Florida. They'll play the Copperhead Course. Last year, Sam Burns won in a playoff against Davis Riley, and uh, Burns had 24 holes, by the way, without a bogey. 24 consecutive holes without a bogey in that tournament and, and Danny, won in a playoff. And, Danny, that copperhead, especially the finished, it's a beast. 16, 17, and 18 ate my lunch plenty of times down there. So let's talk a little bit about the course and how it plays maybe to favor one player or not another. What What's the course like and who does it favor? Well, depending on what the conditions are going to be like the week before, it's a long golf course. you got to drive your – your ball well. All the golf courses are long. This is a demanding second shot golf course. A good ball striker 
usually will do well. Typically, Danny, we're talking about anywhere between 7 and 13 underwind. Depending, you know, if we get tons and tons of rain, then it's a different story. But um, it's a tough it's a tough golf course. It's not your typical birdie fest sort of thing. It's it's a, in the last three holes, 16, 17, 18, you really got to bring it. Do you find that there's kind of a, a letdown after what you had the week before with the Players' Championship? So those guys that go from that, and I talked about it, could be considered a fifth major. And then you go to just another regular tour stop. And, you, and hey, they're all important. Don't get me wrong. But do you find that some guys have a letdown from that? So Oh, de- definitely. Certain. The, the TPC golf course is so demanding. You play four days under the the pressure of the PGA tour and you're feeling it. You're feeling it. I can promise you the guys that are that are there and, and contending and maybe having some tragedy because the, the finish at, at TPC is no piece of cake or a walk at the beach either. They're not playing on Monday and they may not even play on Tuesday. You know, they're just trying to recover and get their wits about them, rest up a little bit and, and then get out on the golf course. Their caddy will already be out there and have walked it one or two times and they played there before. I love throwing names at you. So I'm going to give you my names. Love it. Okay. I, I, a lot of times, Jay, I just kind of go into a hat and if I pull the uh, right name, I say, I kind of like that guy. But here's here's who I'm going with. I like Scott Stallings, and I like Ricky Fowler. But I, I'll say uh, I'll say Ricky wins it. I'm going to go with Ricky. I love it, and I hope Ricky wins, and I can't wait for Ricky to win. I think Ricky, he's, he's reunited with Butch Harmon. you got to swallow a lot of pride, Danny, to go back to those. And then my no hat's off to, to Ricky, and I'm a huge Ricky fan. I'm actually a huge fan of Scott Stallings, too. Folks, you want to watch someone who's transformed their body physically? Go look up Scott Stallings. He looks like he could play linebacker right now. He is ripped out of his mind and a hell of a good player. Hell, I think Scott's won four or five times on the PGA Tour. All these guys are getting big now. They, oh, they, yeah. They're getting like uh, the tiger-proof look. You I know? retired right at the right time. I look like a you know an old mailman out there or something. I don't have any muscles. By the way, it cracks me up because I'm going to go off uh, on a little tangent here, our side story, but uh, reading Tiger Woods' book, at 10 years old, he's 90 pounds, you yeah, know? And, know, and you think about how he looks at, it looks on the golf course now, he's still absolutely ripped. Yep. It's amazing. I know, and, and it he is. just changed the golf, and, uh, the, the game of golf in so many ways, man. Here's the thing, what, probably the most significant thing I've ever seen in my golf career was watching a young Tiger Woods play horribly on the front nine in 97, whip everybody's ass, go to a massive win, and come out of there knowing he needed to change a swing, Danny, because he couldn't hit the shots he needed to hit under pressure. What? Exactly. They hand me the master's check and that green jacket. I mean, I may be dead somewhere. Life is full. Exactly. Life I'd be like, full. go ahead and take me. <laughs> right. It's the over. Lord, right come now. on down. Come on down, man. <laughs> I'm, I am fulfilled. So, so who do you like? Who's your dark horse this week? Okay, so I love Gary Woodland. First of all, I love this guy. He's from, uh, from Kansas. I think he's from Topeka, Kansas. Just a great guy. Great patriot and, a, and a, just a, a really, really cool person. I like him. Uh, as my to win, and I also like Adam Long as my my dark horse. Adam is a buddy. He's a, a local uh, and a Midwestern guy. He's had a great career. He's won a tournament where he he birdied the 18th hole at PGA West to 
sticking in Phil Mickelson's ear, and I enjoyed that a lot. And so I'm always pulling for Adam every single week on the PGA Tour. Man, Midwest guys playing in the spring months of Florida, and you like those guys. I know. Well, we're tough up here because we have – right. the one thing we have for sure is really, really terrible weather. It's bad. It's not good. It's tough. Hey, buddy, this was fun, wasn't it? It's Every always week. fun. Love it. Can't wait to be with you next week. All right. We've had on this uh, podcast, again, subscribe because of the guests that we get. David Faraday, go back and listen to that. That was week one. Week two, Tom Watson. This week, Lee Trevino. And wherever you may be, download our podcast. It is Beyond the Fairways. Beyond the Fairways.